Well, it's good news for manufacturing in the US, but demand is outstripping supply. Combine that with rising supply chain costs, and you know what that means. Although Jerome Powell, again, today said inflation is nothing to worry about because it won't last. So don't expect the Fed to do anything too different too soon. And if they won't, that means the RBA won't either. So what will they say today and later on in the week? It's Tuesday, the 4th of May, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. All right, well, it's back to the uh, cyclicals on U.S. equities. It seems the Dow is up 0.8%, the S&P is up 0.4%, but the NASDAQ losing a third of 1%. The Russell 200 is up 0.7%. Banks, mid-caps, commodities, and industrials are the ones doing particularly well. European stocks also up 0.6% up for the Eurostoxx 50 and for the DAX, just 0.1% for the FTSE 100. Chinese stocks down 0.8% on the CSI 300 yesterday, and the Aussie uh, ASX 200, of course, barely scraping a gain yesterday. A bit more demand for bonds. 10-year Treasury yields are down two basis points to 1.61%, having been down four basis points earlier in the session. The US dollar is also down a third of 1%. Uh, basically, the opposite of yesterday, isn't it, really? The Aussie back up 0.7%, uh, above 77.6 US cents now. The pound is up about the same, and the euro gaining 0.4%. And oil back on the rise, 1.3% for WTI, 1% for Brent. And today, Rodrigo Catrill is here, senior FX strategist at NAB in Sydney. So the US manufacturing ISM for April, still well over 50, but at 60.7. That's down quite a bit on March. And I wonder whether this is because of supply concerns through uh, supply chain disruption. We seem to be hearing a lot more about that lately and a lot more evidence of it happening, don't we? Morning, Phil. Yes, um, there's quite a lot of sort of detail in the ISM. um, As you say, it, it appears to have peaked. Obviously, um, it's just one data print. So one swallow doesn't make a summer, but there's a lot of chat around whether we have seen sort of the highs of the ISM manufacturing. Um, this against, of course, a backdrop where the, the regional service have continued to, to climb. And on their own, they were suggesting that, you know, higher numbers should be sort of been expected by the ISM. Uh, yet it, it didn't. It was slightly softer. Um, one argument and one of the relationships of when you look at, uh, when you try to model the manufacturing index is that, um, it does have a strong relationship, um, a lagging relationship with the China manufacturing. Um, and of course we saw those, those manufacturing uh, numbers east in, in, in China. Um, so there's an argument that maybe is consistent with history in that sense that, uh, we shouldn't forget the relationship between the economies, particularly between the US and, and, uh, and China. So that's one argument. And as you say, the second is, is when you look at the components of, of the index, uh, the two standards, of course, uh, are the prices paid component that has continued to rise the highest since 2008. Again, reflecting that sort of increasing demand that hasn't yet been able to, to be matched by supply. And, and the, the order backlog, which is now at a 42 year high. So it is quite, quite an, you know, an impressive number if you think about, about that, that, that sort of four decades relationship. So, um, certainly place to the view that these inflationary pressures are coming and we haven't seen yet the full impact from them. So, so it will be no. important for, for the economy. Is there any denying it is going to happen now? Because, I mean, if you've got strong demand from from a recovery that we're expecting, but limited supply pushing material costs up, I mean, manufacturers are going to look, well, you know, we've we've got more more demand than we can supply. So, obviously, we're going to put a push up prices to recoup our losses. So, uh, I mean, is there any doubt that it's going to find its way to the CPI? No, no, I don't think there's any doubt. I think that the big sort of uncertainty is the magnitude and, and the length of how long this is going to last. And, and, yeah. and of course, that will be super relevant for 
the level of tolerance that the Fed has shown. The, you know, Fed Claria, for instance, talked about the idea that in Q4 we should know better where we are. Uh, the question is, what happens if in Q4 we're still faced with the prospects of months of, of high inflation from, from the supply side? So uh, it will be interesting to see how, how this develops and, and, and the reaction function, if you like, from the Fed as well. And should we be concerned, in amongst all those numbers, uh, the employment number was also down. Uh, the expectation was it would increase a bit. That sort of makes it look as though, well, you know, we can't, we can't take on more people because we can't produce more, again, because we're not getting the stuff we need in our supply chain. Yes, that, that will be one argument. And I suppose the other argument is also um, maybe you're not willing to hire more people because you don't know whether this demand increase is going to be longer lasting or whether it's just, you know, a, a flash and then it just goes away. Uh, therefore, you don't want to be hiring uh, with a massive labor force. So, so inflation is certainly, a, yeah, inflation is coming. We just don't know how long is the short uh, the, the short answer to all of this, isn't it? So and how high? And yeah. how high? So Jerome Powell speaking in the last few hours, uh, you know, said inflation is going to fall back to two percent next year. So he's not too worried about any of this or too much fiscal aid, which of course is the other concern about pushing up inflation. Uh, he says, you know, real GDP is going to grow about seven percent this year, but the FOMC is not going to change its stance. Well, he's saying it's not. He's not going to do that. That now anyway but as you say it all depends on how long and how high yes and, and i suppose the other, the other interesting remark that uh, jerome powell also made is this issue about the unevenness of the recovery which of course has been one of the criticisms on previous tightening cycles that the fed was too quick to tighten and, and left people behind if you like so so this time around there will be more tolerance in that regard and he again emphasized the evidence of the downturn hitting hard along the lines of race and income so Again, the maximum employment is the, the new sort of approach, uh, which plays to the view of more tolerance in terms of hiking expectations. And this supply beating demand story, I mean, it's there in Europe as well, isn't it? The revised PMIs for manufacturing in the euro area in April down a little for April, still at a 24-year high. And it's only at a 24-year high because that's when the survey started. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, you know, inflation is going to be a global thing, isn't it? Certainly, yes, it's going to be a global thing. Um, and I suppose in terms of the manufacturing stuff, the interesting thing is that uh, in recent months, we have seen these final numbers uh, beat expectations in a sense, or beat the, the preliminary numbers in Europe. And yet this time around, we, we've seen this small pullback. So it's interesting that regard. And again, as you say, the, the, the big the big dynamic there that is a global issue is, is the supply issue and, and inflationary yeah. pressure. So no change expected from the RBA today. Um so it, I mean, it's not really a big day, is it? I mean, the bigger day, I guess, for the RBA is when they release their statement on monetary policy on Friday. We might get a bit more meat uh, from that. But also Guy DeBell talking on monetary policy during COVID on Thursday. So maybe they're going to use us to drip feed information uh, from the RBA this week. <laughs> yes. So I suppose the, the interesting to note is particularly uh, with Governor Lowe uh, taking the, the main seat there, it, the, the statement that is released on Tuesday tends to give you quite a, quite a good flavor in terms of what you should expect from the S&P and particularly the, the forecast uh, on, on Friday. So it will be important today. Uh, we will get a flavor in terms of inev the inevitable upgrade to, to the numbers, given uh, in particular in terms of the unemployment rate, because um, you, we've said that we basically two years ahead in terms of the last forecast. So there will certainly have to be an upgrade there. Um, and then uh, any hints in terms of um, what this all means in terms of the upgrades to the thinking along the lines of the guidance uh, that they're likely to provide, and particularly in terms of this issue around YCC and whether they move it from 
uh, you know, the April to the November bond uh, in yep. 2024. So uh, the details will be important. Yeah, and that is the only room for manoeuvre, isn't it, really? They can't say anything on anything else because they are dependent on what's happening in the rest of the world, of course. The uh, you know, and keep, keeping an eye on the Aussie dollar. So Aussie trade data for March, a bigger surplus. Uh, we also get uh, trade data for the United States as well, don't we today? Yes, I mean we had preliminary trade data for for Australia, so we know that there's a big surplus coming. Printing uh, the expectations to be around eight point three billion up from 7.29 previously. So again, the story there in terms of commodity prices and demand for commodities is, continues to be a good story for the Australian economy, for their you know, budgets, uh, and also for, for the Aussie dollar. So that's going to be confirmed, if you like, today. Uh, and then for the US, the theme, again, we also got a flavor from, from the GDP numbers, is that the trade deficit continues to, to, to increase. You know, There's a huge demand by the consumer in the US, and that means that more imports an increase in imports in the U.S. and, and plays to the narrative of this twin deficit that we've been talking about, uh, where we were likely to see an increase on both trade, but also on the budget deficit in the U.S., which is a big headwind for, for the U.S. dollar. Right. Okay. And factory orders as well for March. And the U.K.'s manufacturing PMI, the final read for April. Things seem to be going uh, much better, don't they, in the U.K.? Because all of it is, <laughs> I mean, it's all vaccine related, isn't it? Yes, vaccine related and the prospects of reopening. And, and if anything, that's the same thing that we've seen in Europe. There's been headlines overnight as well about uh, Europe discussing or putting a proposal to reopen and allow tourism. And again, it will be a function of whether you vaccinated or not and whether you got the right vaccine too. So yeah. uh, more on that later on the week, I suppose. Ideally one that works. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and look, uh, we, we, we mentioned how stocks are a bit mixed today. So if we have got these rising inflation concerns, isn't, isn't I mean, wouldn't that push the argument that, well, maybe even though stocks, particularly in the US right now, seem high, the more money is going to be ploughed into them if there are concerns that inflation will keep rising? Yes. So, so the interesting thing, and, and I think we've talked about this along the earnings reporting season. And again, Bloomberg was writing a, a good analysis on this um, overnight, is that um, as much as there's been this price pressures and, and supply issues, which limits the ability of, of producers to sell the stuff that they want to sell, what they've also seen is an increase in, in, in prices. So um, while sales and projections of sales are not massive, um, what it is, what we've seen is that there's been an increase in income and there's also been an increase in the projections for income and revenue because of the increase in prices. So um, it's certainly at least uh, in terms of the dynamics, the inflation concern is not massive enough to sort of um, uh, hamper the ability of equities to perform. What we've seen is that companies are still being able to, to manage to make money, if you like, with uh, selling less, if you like, or with the projections yeah. at least to sell less. So yeah. it's still yeah. good news for equities for, at the moment. They might get a taste for it, mightn't they? They might think, you know, this uh, this supply, uh, this this demand outstripping supply. This is a nice situation. We want to stay in this for as long as possible. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? But before we go, uh, let's look at bonds. I did mention very briefly. Uh, so, ten-year Treasury is down two basis points. They were down four basis points uh, earlier in the in the, in the session. Where are they heading now? Well, the interesting sort of price action of U.S. Treasury yields is when those manufacturing numbers came printed, and we saw that lower number. Uh, we saw U.S. Treasury yields gap lower, um, uh, but then they recovered a little bit and they still declined 2.2%, sorry, 2.2 basis points on the day to, to 160. But when you look at the breakdown of the number, the interesting thing is that the, the real yield have, have eased significantly from around minus 77 to 
around 82. So that's around five basis point move. But then what you're also Mm. seeing is that the inflation component is actually recent. So we've seen a move up in inflation expectations, but a move down in real yields. So it again reflects that awareness, if you like, of the bond market that inflation pressures are rising, but at the same time that there's been a slowdown in terms of the ability of the economy to grow. So it's an interesting dynamic, of course, Mm. and and the move down in real yields also plays to sort of this downward pressure on on the US dollar as well. Right, but it does show all the indicators are pointing in one direction, at least in the short term, doesn't it? Good to talk with Rodrigo. Catch you again very soon. (laughs) Thanks, Phil. Cheers. And that's Tuesday morning on The Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB, back again for another one tomorrow morning. Have yourself a great day. Thanks for listening. See you in the morning.